Destination Cast, where you can learn how bikes will always take you to your destination. My name is Matt, and joining me today is a very special guest, Matt. That is my first name. Yes, yes it is. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining me here today, Matt. Always appreciate your company. Thanks. I'm here, still. Good. I'm glad. Well, Matt, do we have any announcements for this week? Um, I don't think we have anything in particular other than uh, what week it is. Right, it is week 12 of the spring season, so we're covering all sports anime that have aired from June 18th to June 24th. You know, we do have one one other announcement. Oh, what what's that? It's that we're really good at having smooth intros, <laughs> where we don't speak in stilted manner and read off a document in a disorganized fashion. Like, I just want to make sure everyone knows that that's not the case. Right, right. Uh, yeah, no, we're really, we, we really know what we're doing here, guys. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of things we know how to do, why don't I talk about Tiger Mask? <laughs> Yalamushi Pedal! Oh my goodness! Yeah, should we start over? <laughs> no, we're gonna talk about Yalamushi Pedal now, episode 25. I 24. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Yalamushi Pedal, episode 24. Okay, so this episode, Teshima and Minami are writing, and um, that's really about it for the meat of the episode. We don't really get Onoda catching up to them. They're just sort of going back and forth for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and the end of the episode has Minami getting his chain caught, which allows Teshima to finally pass him as he has been trying to do the entire episode. Right. I'm sorry that I don't have a more detailed summary. This episode really didn't have anything yeah there's not much to it like i you know 80 or 90 percent of it is just a back and forth between teshima and minami um right yeah they they progress a lot they get almost to the finish line of the mountain stage you get a little more background on teshima i guess D I, did you like we didn't really learn anything about him that we didn't already know we learned that he that there was a girl who talked to him in his class, and then he would come home tired from riding his bike. That, That's about the extent of what we got. I, I, I guess the big thing that did happen this episode was that Teshima had his big speech that he gave to Minami about how much he loves to bike. <laughs> um, yeah. And he loves them because they take the bikes take them to his destination. Yeah, exactly. Like, when you get on a bike, you'll always get where you're going, which is somehow I, different than other modes of transportation. Like, to me, to me at the very least, this sounds like something that is trying to make a very deep and meaningful speech. Like, you know, this is supposed to be Teshima's big moment in the series. And it's just using really flowery language to say absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, cause he, like, he's talking about, like, this grand journey he's had, where he met the red-haired Naruko, the giant, uh, Imaizumi, the bespectacled Onoda, it's like, who, it yeah. sounds like they're you your classmates, who talks like that? Yeah, you know, like, I, exactly. I, I can't imagine, you know, when we were growing up, I'd be like, yes, and I, this weekend, I'm going to hang out with my friend, the bespectacled Matt. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to hang out with my friend, the bespectacled Matt. Well, yeah, at that time I did have bespectacles. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, this sounds like you're, it's like, this sounds like somebody who, you know, this has been a common theme throughout Yamamushi Pedal, 
it feels like the author has read better stories, and he <laughs> understands, like, the mechanics, or, like, he can emulate them. He, he knows where, because it's like, you know, okay, so these big mean, these big monologues have, like, big flowery words in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, or big flowery descriptions. So he includes that in the speech, but, speech, but it's like, this doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um... And I'm sorry we're kind of harping on this speech a while, because that's literally the only real meat of the episode outside of the fact that uh, Teshima manages to pass Minami because Minami makes a mistake by pushing his gears too much and kind of uh, getting tangled up. Well, yeah, so effectively, you know, Minami's ability is that even on an incline, he'll... Uh, switch his gears up so he'll increase the resistance on his gears so that he can push harder and go faster and just push through it uh, and that's what he calls his wings that he increases right. resistance on on a more difficult portion anyway um, and he does that one too many times I guess and it causes a chain his chain to slip um, right. so he's not able to actually pedal uh, and that's when Teshima pushes ahead, but of course, it's the end of the episode. I mean, we have one episode left in this season, right? And they're not even gonna, they're not even done with the first day. They're just gonna get to the end of the mountain stage, right? Because I'm guessing they want to end the season on Minami and Anoda racing. That's literally the only thing I can think of. Um, because yeah, Anoda's not there yet. Yeah, and um, they have 400 yards. <laughs> or, I mean, it's like, it, it's it meters, like, but yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, it seems like they should be seeing Anoda about this point. And I guess, you know, maybe it's my fault because I'm assuming that Anoda's going to make it. But, you know, that's kind of the way the series has been, where it's kind of taking the most common tropes that you find in sports anime and just sort of throwing them out there. Um... Like, without really a lot of, like, play on how we expect them. So, that's kind of why I'm expecting Anoda to show up, because they wouldn't have made a big hullabaloo about him, uh, like, breaking what he... Like, breaking the promise that he made to Teshima. Yeah. About not letting him go forward. It's like, oh, he's gonna do it anyway. So, I don't know. Um... Was there... There were a couple other things I wanted to talk about the episode, but was there anything you wanted to talk about in particular? No, you can go ahead. Okay. There, there were a couple of very odd lines that I noticed in the episode. For one, they make a big deal about when they pass Kawahara, who was uh, Bunya's uh, partner, oh, apparently. Right. Yeah. And they talk about, it's like, they actually passed Kawahara, the favorite to win the mountain stage. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> who? And these are the onlookers that are saying this, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. I guess they were just saying that he was the favorite because he pulled on ahead. Yeah, he was in first at the time. He was at first. So I guess maybe that's what they were going for. But at the same time, I just, I don't understand why they would say he was the favorite to win. Like, this happens all the time in, like, cycling. Somebody tries to pull out ahead real, like, right at the beginning. And, you know, they kind of lose their endurance. And then people who better pace themselves are able to pull on ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, yeah, I wouldn't I, the favorite be the, one of the guys who got first or second last year? Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't it have been Anoda or Minami? Which, right. speaking of which, can we talk about Teshima's plan? Um, like, so the whole thing was that Teshima could, uh, was apparently able to predict, like, the reason why he was the one who pulled out in front was because he realized that if, uh, if, 
uh, Imaizumi went out for went out, then they then uh, Hakone would have sent our uh, not our uh, Ashikiba. Mm-hmm. If Naruko went out, they would have sent out Kuroda. Right. But no, because Teshima isn't useful, all they have to do is just send out Minami. Wait, isn't Minami their ace rider? Their ace climber? Well, I think what what they're saying is that Minami was already going regardless. Uh, oh. And what oh. what what he meant was that if they sent anyone but Teshima, they would have Hakone would have sent a second person to okay. assist Minami to make sure that Minami won. Okay, that makes more sense, I guess. Though I I mean it is just a I mean, I guess they could have had like somebody pull for Minami, I guess. Yeah, they would they just would have had a a two on one, which inevitably gotcha. would have made it easier for Minami to break away. Got, okay, that makes more sense then. Sorry, because the way I had heard that was that they were trying to do, like, they would have just sent out, like, one-on-ones. It's like, and that uh, Teshima was so bad that it's like, all they had to do was send out Minami. No, no, no. But, okay. This was assuming that... Minami was going. Okay, okay, my bad then. I completely misread that. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I got it, but I could see how it was really easy to misinterpret. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's honestly... All I really had to. Oh, how about how about this uh, one? I I had two quotes that I wrote down. Okay. One, um, Manami is taunting Teshima early in the episode. He says, "You're not flashy. You're not strong." And Teshima effectively says, "Stop talking to me." Um, <laughs> which is funny at the time. I'm like, "That's great." Like he's the ordinary man who's out of breath and he doesn't want to have a dialogue right now. Uh, but right. then, of course, the entire rest of the episode is them talking. Right, just, <laughs> just like it talking for the entire like, rest exactly, of the episode. Exactly, he's like, stop talking to me, except for, let's talk for 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> that and, like, Minami doing his little foreshadowing, saying, oh, Teshima, your riding has been stronger since you realized that Onoda isn't coming. Um, oh! <laughs> so, like, so on the nose, like... Hey, audience, guess what? Onada can't possibly catch up. Um, and everyone knows it. So I, I, I can't imagine what's going to happen next week. Right. <sighs> yeah, no, you're not wrong. Also, like, the fact that he was literally pushing himself so hard that he was going to pass out in the middle of the race. <laughs> he actually, yeah, he fainted and then decided like, that fainting, yeah, fainting was lazy. <laughs> right. I don't know. And it's 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 a superhero show more more than anything. I mean, I guess if we can just bear with it in that context, I guess. Yeah. But it's a superhero show, but it's not that interesting a superhero show, so. Yeah, a little bit. So Speaking of know. superhero shows, do you want to discuss uh Tiger Mask? Please. All right. So this is a uh, episode 37 of Tiger Mask. And uh, it starts with the fifth match where Okada is facing uh, Miracle 1. You know, everyone's favorite antagonist, Miracle 1. They end up both getting thrown out of the ring and injuring themselves when they get back in. Uh, Despite an injury, Okada is able to defeat Miracle 1. But because he's injured, he can't go back out, so... Uh, Tiger Mask appoints himself to fight in the sixth match against Tiger the Great the Third. His mask has been torn open, uh, so Haruna sews. She she cuts 
the tiger mask and the tiger the dark mask in half and sews them back together so it's his face is half tiger mask and half tiger the dark um everyone comments on how he is now has the power of both tigers and they call him tiger mask double which is the name of the show um In the match itself, it goes back and forth. There, there's, there's not much to describe, but there, it's actually some pretty awesome animation. Um, by the end of things, uh, Tiger Mask is able to defeat Tiger the Great Third effectively by using a combination of Tiger the Dark's moves and his own moves uh, and using some, some new killer moves he's never used before. Um, so NJPW wins, and then at the end of the episode, it... Uh, Naoto decides that he's going to go wrestle in Mexico and Takuma is going to wrestle in America and they're going to forge on becoming the best wrestlers they can. Right. Yeah, so... Yeah, doesn't that sound like the final episode of the series? Right, yeah, it really does. But it's not. Yeah, it's not. Um, But we'll, we'll maybe talk about that a little bit later. So, I just wanted to say real quick... If Tiger Mask had been like this the entire series, I would have said that this would have been a fun watch. Well, yeah. I mean, the animation itself was a huge step up. This was right. pro- probably the best fight animation in the series, and deservedly right. so, because, you know, it's sort of the ultimate match. Right. It, it's finally Tiger versus Tiger. You know, we finally have Tiger Mask kind of going up against his longtime rival. Uh, finally, you know... You know, this is you know this was the episode I guess that they were saving the animation budget for. Makes sense. Clearly, yeah. Um, the other reason I thought this episode would have been a lot this like if the series had been more like this is kind of the random goofy campiness of it because of the fact. So they make a big deal about the fact that Tiger Mask walks out with um at, with a new mask with the sewn together like remnants of both masks. Right. Um, and. Apparently, this is supposed to mean that Tiger Mask and Tiger the Dark have fused into one, and, like, and so he just, Naoto just now magically has all of Takuma's moves. Right, you know, which they explain away by saying, like, well, yeah, I mean, they train together, so. (laughs) Like, yeah, but that doesn't mean he could just do it in a match situation on command. Right, why wasn't he doing that before, then? Why weren't they doing that before? Right. Um, and, like, you know, it's like that sort of goofy, dumb explanation that you'd find in, like, like an old kid's cartoon. You know, that's that's kind of what I want out of this series, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, it's like the... The symbolism is just so on the nose. Right. Like, now, like, he's, it's all come full circle, and they found that coming together mm-hmm. is what will get, is what they'll finally bring them victory. And it's like, this is kind of stupid, but also kind of awesome. Yeah. Um, then there is just a lot of really, like, not really, like, a lot of really random stuff, but, like, I love the fact that Naito finally shows up at the very end to tell Okada to let Tiger Mask wrestle for him. Yeah, I'm not sure what function that served except as a promotion (laughs) material because, you know, Naito's a real wrestler and so they needed these real wrestlers to talk about how great Tiger Mask... I I don't know. 
Yeah, no, I don't know. I just thought it was really funny that Naito heroically arrives at the very end just to tell him, nah, man, let him wrestle for you. It's like, so was this going to be Naito's function then? Like, you flew all the way, like, back from Mexico. And I know your intent was to actually wrestle in these matches. Mm -hmm. uh, But it's just, it's really funny to me that that's the function he ended up serving. Yeah. Um, I did enjoy the scene at the airport as well, where both Harna and, uh, oh my goodness. I Rory? Yeah, Rory are, like, running into the airport looking for both of their men, and then apparently Kevin has been there the entire time, also running around looking for for Takuma. Because yeah. he just sort of run because, like, the girls kind of run towards the, like, towards the camera, you know, shouting, like, like, now Toad, Takuma, and then, like, uh, off, like... Like, he just sort of runs into the frame out of nowhere, and he's just like, talk about, it's like, where did you come from? Have you been here? Yeah. Yeah, and it was, it was funny. It was just a little, like, of course they, like, Naoto and Takuma are too good at wrestling and too obsessed with wrestling to acknowledge the possibility of love. You right. know, like they they don't even say goodbye to their theoretical romantic partners. They right. just like have a like a man a man shake a manly handshake uh, <laughs> in the airport and talk about like you know like see you in the ring. Um, oh. How convenient that both of them as well, like, have, like, flights to... Well, I mean, I guess they're both going, I guess, in the general direction. Yeah, they're both going to North America. (laughs) Yeah, they're both going... Because I thought it was funny that they both apparently have flights at around roughly the same time at the same airport. Now, admittedly, if they're in Tokyo, then, I mean, the Tokyo airport is huge, so... But, um... There were a couple of very odd things about this episode. Like, I thought it was strange that we never did find out the the identity of Tiger the Great the Third. I know he's supposed to be the successor to Tiger the Great. Yeah, but it's not like we saw his face or anything. Yeah, exactly. It's like, was there any more to that story there? I guess not. Yeah, also, I I don't totally understand the explanation that, like, well, now GWM isn't a thing. It's like, it's wait, like wait, what? Like, what? why... Were they contractually obligated to cease to exist? Did did you really <laughs> defeat Tiger's Den? Like, you what? know, that was kind of my thought too. It's like, like they're clearly going to exist over the world, like all around the world. Like, there's no reason that they can't come back. They're a gigantic business. Yeah, exactly. Like, you didn't make it illegal to be in GWM. I don't know. Right. I don't know. What are the ramifications of them losing a match in Japan? Like, and I mean, it's not as if though this is the first time they've ever lost a match either. Like, I guess I just don't really quite under... Again, it's, you know, wrestling's meant for kids, you know. This is, like, I guess it makes, like, kid logic. Right. Um, Like, well, yeah, they lost, so yeah, they have, you know, they beat the bad guys, so they're going away now. But it's like, that doesn't actually make any logistical sense. Like, they're a giant business. Like, right. places all over the world. I mean, and that's, that's the thing, is that Tiger Mask tries to simultaneously have real-world logic and wrestling narrative logic and right. treat them both like they're both legitimate but it doesn't quite work right yeah exactly and that's kind of been the that's kind of i think the central issue with the show uh-huh. um the other thing i thought uh, kind of along the same lines that's also kind of weird to me is that did we ever find out who miracle one was no um, like which I, I wouldn't have really thought much of it but the weird thing is we found out the identities of every single other one of the miracles yeah 
Uh, so, uh, you know, there was kind of like, you know, there was kind of a reveal process to each of, to each of them, right? And I just, I kind of thought there was going to be like some weird surprise twist with Miracle 1, and we just kind of didn't. Yeah, just a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, pretty much. So. I mean, it was the same with Fukuwara Mask. We still got, we got one more little sliver of information that, you right. know, he, he refers to Kentaro, who's uh, Naoto's trainer, and Harun, his uncle, he hangs out with him and goes to Tiger Mask's training facility, and he accidentally refers to him as Senpai, uh, and he's like, what? And like, oh, well, you know, because you're older than me, or whatever. So clearly, Fukuwara Mask had some kind of relationship with him. Right. Um, because we know that, um, uh, oh my goodness, why can't I think of his name? Um, but we know he, uh, Takaoka, you, you know, we know he's, uh, he was the original Tiger, the, or, uh... Yellow Devil, yeah. Yeah, he was the original Yellow Devil. So, I'm guessing in the original show, he, like, Yellow Devil must have had, like, an assistant of some kind. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's what it's trying to make a callback to, is like, oh, Fukawara Mask is, was actually his assistant, so we finally have his identity. Mm. I guess uh, that that's the only thing I could think of. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, sure. Still, it's not very satisfying for someone who didn't watch this show from decades ago. You know, right? And so then, are like along those lines as well. You know, other things that basically didn't happen was so. What was the deal with Fukuwara Mask and that and uh, Miss X assistant? Yeah, lady. Yeah, who's that? Yeah, lady. Yeah, it's like, I, I mean, I guess we do technically have one more episode to wrap these things up, but this felt like such a final episode. Yeah, exactly. So the preview for the next episode makes it appear like Miss X and Harana are going to team up to promote the Spring Tiger as a wrestler. And right. we're going to see some candy pair action. And it really fe- it feels like an OVA. Like, you know, something yeah, like of... a bonus episode you'd get on the Blu-ray or something. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's a great way to put it. I was trying to think of, like, how I would describe this. But, yeah, no, that's definitely what it feels like. Yeah. And that so, like, talk about going out on a low note, you know? <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. So I, I think your theory was that they're probably going to end up, like, they're going to try and do, like, a tease for, like, a new season. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's the only way I can justify it, because it doesn't make sense narratively, is right. that, you know, at the end of next week's episode, they're going to have an announcement that, like, coming in 2018, Spring Tiger W, you know, or right. something awful like that, where you know, Harun <laughs> is the main character and she's going to have to become the best female wrestler in Japan. Um, and we'll Which, have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at the very least, um, that's a more interesting. Well, Harun is a more interesting character than Naoto, so I'll give her that. But Yeah. Anyway, so we'll see. I'm not going to theorize too deeply because we'll see in a few days, but. Yeah, pretty much. Cool. So, um, something we are interested in, though, is a big wind-up. So, Matt, would you like to take over? Yes, Matt, I would like to take over. <laughs> so smooth, so authentic. I'm um, really good at this. Yeah. Alright, so, this big wind-up episode 12. Uh, it starts off with a flashback where Mahashi's uh, thinking about his time growing up in Creeker Villa uh, with his friend Himata. And then Hamada shows up for practice um, because they want him to get to know the team as the leader of the cheer squad. 
they talk about meditation, about uh, learning how to relax in game, and then there's an extended montage over their training on how they're getting, going to uh, prepare for their uh, game against Tosei. Um, and then it, it concludes with uh, the world's most important line, Tajima saying, if we practice real hard, coach gives us candy. <laughs> <laughs> Which was really one of my favorite lines. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so th- this, right. this was more or less a training focused episode but it was also uh a little bit more about the character of like how you get how you get this team of freshmen into the mental space where they can succeed against opponents that are quantitatively better than them right you know it's interesting because like a lot of shows play with the idea of how your mentality affects the game Mm -hmm. but they always kind of it's always kind of more of like like it's sort of an aside. Almost. Yeah, and I feel like it. Those discussions often come up with secondary characters. Right. You know, they they come up with the guy who's just borderline and not quite good enough, and he's worried, but he has to learn to like believe in himself or whatever. But the main character, they always are totally confident and totally comfortable. And right. well, not not always, because there are shows that do that, but often that's how it comes up. But this one is like. Literally, all of you need to learn these skills. They're not innate. Right, exactly. It's like, you know what? It's like, it's important for you to learn how to keep calm in these situations. Like, yes, we know that we're going up against last year's champions, but we still need to learn. So it's like, in order to counteract that, we need to learn to uh, deal with some of our intimidation we might have. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's probably good that we're doing this now. Right. Um, and I kind of, I appreciate the fact that they do treat it more as a mental state more than anything. Like, I thought that, even, like, it kind of adds another sense of realism to it. Um, because, you know, it, it can happen, you know. You can't have, like, the teams that have been, you know... Like, like we never find out more about the teams that are, the, who end up having to play last year's champions. And are kind of seen as another, like, stone in the road for their... Mm-hmm. Uh, like path to glory, or at the very least, their path to like better players. Right. Yeah, they're always sort of quickly taken care of in a half an episode or less. Right. They're they're kind of there to be to be more about like setting up that team than anything. Um. So it, it's nice to see that. Uh, I did think it was kind of neat too. I kind of like the fact that uh, uh, Hamada is um. You know, he has to attend the practices as well, because, like, even um, Coach Momoe even mentions that, like, you know what, you serve a very important function to this team as well. you got to keep, uh, it's like, you can't let, it's like, keeping the crowd energized is great, good or bad, but what you can't let them see is negativity. Mm. Or not even, but disappointment is really more what she was talking about. She can't, it's like, the parents are going to be there, and they're going to be affecting these children's mental states. Like... Like, you need to be there to make sure, like, that is your role. Your role is to keep, like, the positive energy going. And it's like, okay, like, this actually is the most accurate representation of cheerleaders I think I've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. Like, what, because it shows up, they show up in other shows, but they're treated as a fact. They're just sort of, like, part of the landscape, but they don't necessarily show what kind of an active role they have. Right. I really enjoyed her her speech about how if if you're a kid 
and your parents are there, they're going to be capable of encouraging you more than anyone, but they're also going to be capable of discouraging you more than anyone based on their demeanor. Um, right. And that was something I've honestly never thought about. Uh, partly because I didn't do high school athletics. Um, right. <laughs> but, part, but partly just because, you know, you don't think of the parents even existing in these shows a lot of times. Right. Uh, I mean, how, how many sports anime do you actually see these kids' parents? They, they kind of they're, they're don't kind of like exist. off to the side. Like, yeah. you know that they're probably attending the games, but, you know, it's like the kids, you know, they're more focused on the game. You know, it does, like, the crowd kind of doesn't matter. I think the first time you've ever seen, like, the crowd ever even do much in these shows is, um, was in Haikyuu. Right, uh, but that still, that was just their peers. There was no impact, like, there was never any allusion to their parents being part of right. it. Right. Right, and you know, it's kind of interesting to think about. It's like, yeah, you know what? These kids will be affected by the presence of, like, the people that they care about. Yeah, of course. Um, so, I thought that was great. Uh, um, I, one final thing I just wanted to note real quick uh-huh. as well was, I did kind of like how they sort of dropped that what they're doing a lot of times in practice isn't even all the time playing baseball, but they are still playing games with one another, like freeze tag and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of liked the fact that uh, Hamada seemed to have at least the insight to note that, like, yeah, you know what, like, that's, that's how you keep these kids playing, like, practicing for so long, like... Right, it feels, it's fun. That's what, right, you know. you know, they're actually having fun at these practices, and it's not because they're, like, so determined to, mo- you know, they're not so motivated, like, just to, like, practice, you know, they are, but there is kind of this acknowledgement that... Yeah, people have these mental barriers in them. You know, people get tired if they're not still having fun. You know, you can practice for so long. But sometimes it's not about just having the mental fortitude to just keep working through it. You know, you got to spice it up a little bit. Yeah. And the one thing I like is, you know, training montages can be pretty dull. Uh, I think a good training montage is one that still teaches you something new about the characters. It doesn't just reinforce stuff. Right. Um, And I... my favorite part of the training montage was they had one portion where they were uh, doing batting practice uh, with a pitching machine and Tajima goes up and he's effectively calling his shots. So before the pitch comes, he's calling where he's going to hit it and then he hits it there. So he's saying like, oh, down the third base line. He hits down the third base line. He's like short left and then he hits it short left, you know. Um, And so he's practicing situational hitting so he can direct his, his shots uh, and then after him comes Hanai, who all he wants to do the same thing, and so he calls his shots, and he calls center field, and he hits it to center field, and he says, again to center field! And then he says, returning to center field! And you realize that, oh, he can't actually control his hitting that well. He's just strong, and he can hit it consistently to center field, uh, but right. that's it. But he still wants to look, like act like he's just as good as Tajima, and he wants right. to show off. So he calls all his shots, but it's just the same shot over and over. Right, and you know that was established in, during the game, during their practice game. Yeah. Uh, you know, Hanai does have this little bit of a complex with Tajima. It's not really like thrown in your face, but you know, it's another aspect to his character. Yeah, he wants to be looked at as being just as good or better than Tajima, so he tries to put himself in that situation, but he can't quite get there, so I love that. (laughs) So, do you want to move on to something that we don't quite love, but kind of do? Encouragement of Climb. You want to talk about Encouragement of Climb? Let's talk about Encouragement of Climb. (laughs) 
Okay, so we are covering episodes 15 and 16 of the series. Uh, the first episode is a surprise flashback to Kayade's past, yeah. uh, where she, where we learned she used to always hike by herself, and while well, she still did that, uh, she did have a friend who was constantly concerned about her by the name of Yuka, and uh, what uh, Kayade learns towards the end of the episode is that, yeah, you know, uh, Yuka may have been getting on my case a lot freak, uh, because, you know, I was going by myself, but, you know, she was concerned about me, and I needed to be more respectful of that i but and you know i'm also glad that we are still friends and i hope i can be like that to these other girls as well like yuka was to me uh and then the second episode was about uh it, it was kind of running in tandem with that episode but not quite it's about aoi being concerned about their trip to mount tanagawa because she's afraid of the ropeways there which are basically like the gondolas that take you up the mountain. Right. Um, and so uh, Kaede tells, essentially tells her, yeah, it's scary at first, but you get used to it. Right. Um, and they go out shopping for a little bit, or they were about to go shopping, but Kaede, because uh, Aoi needs a raincoat, but Kaede gives her her raincoat that she had that uh, Yuka got for her. Right. And that's kind of the episode. Not a lot going on, but um, some okay things in there. Yeah, so the, the one thing that I really wanted to focus on was from episode 15 uh, with the introduction of Yuka. And so what was interesting here... Well, I don't know if it's interesting good or interesting bad, so <laughs> I'll let you tell me. But um, she goes through this whole episode with her... You know, she's looking at her old raincoat, and she's like, oh, yeah, that's the raincoat I got with Yuka back then. And mm. then she has all these flashbacks of, like, the great time she used to have with Yuka, and you can see that she has these pictures in her room that are of her and Yuka together. And she, a couple times, she makes these sort of, she muses, and she's like, oh, I wonder what Yuka's doing now. Um and then at the end of the episode, she texts her and says, hey, want to hang out? And she comes <laughs> over and they hang Like, the whole episode was setting up some kind of drama like, oh, you know, she left or she moved away or she died or something. I thought there was going to be some depth there. Like, why would you hold this raincoat in your hands like, oh, yeah, this was what I got with yuka that one day um <laughs> and have it just be your friend who you're still going to school with and you hang out with a lot were they still going to school was she going still going to school with her did they mention that or because i i didn't get the sense that they were going to the same school but i i do know what you're talking about because i did actually have the same thought i thought that there was going to be some sort of weird twist where like uh yuka had died yeah like on a climb or something and it would be very what? tragic but no but no 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 there's still you cool. could never even went on a climb <laughs> she just like was her friend and one time told her that a blue raincoat would be cute like yeah is that really that instructive of like yuka was always there for me well i mean like not in person but emotionally and sometimes <laughs> uh the sense i kind of got from it was like okay for example you know with all due you know you're really into baseball Oh, me? Um, yeah, you. Okay, yes. You. Um, and, you know, I'm not so much. But, That's you know, you still, you still text me a lot of times about, like, different things that happen in sports games. And I'm like, yeah, cool, cool, man. Like, that's pretty, that's neat. 
like well, stuff like only that. when it's exceptionally cool. Right. No, I understand. I'm just saying. That was the same sort of sense I got between Kaede and Yuka, was that Kaede was really, you know, she is good friends with this one girl, but, you know, she has a hobby, that, hobby that's separate from this one friend. Right. Um, that's, but, you know, there's a, that kind of that one moment where you kind of feel like, you know, your hobbies may intersect, you know, like Yuka likes to go out shopping for clothes, like looking at that sort of thing. She's like, well, if you like to climb, here, how about this raincoat? Yeah. Like, you might need this, and I think this would look nice on you. And I, I kind of got the sense, like, Kaede, that, that's sort of a, almost a symbol for Kaede, just because, like, you know, my closest, you know, my closest friend and I, like, this is my main hobby, but she's not really into it, but this was the one time she tried to, like, reach out to me. Yeah, I guess it was, it was just the tone that seemed so, like, wistful yeah. and nostalgic. Like, why would they do all that setup just for her to be someone that they still hang out with? Like, I think it could have worked if they had made, treated it a bit more... Like, if it had a bit more self-awareness to, like, what it was doing and just had kind of this sunny yeah, turnaround. right. And I think that's something of a problem with the tone of Encouragement of Climb, because it's... It's such a gentle series that it really can't go in one ex- to one extreme emotion or another very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so because it, it's it's a very subdued, so they can't really have like an overbearing like um, like tragic episode and then kind of bring around and like make it almost goofy just yeah, because it totally. doesn't fit with the uh, with the setting that they're going for here. So I, I kind of got the sense that may have been a bit of an intentional joke, but. I, yeah, but they couldn't actually pull it off because it would be too out of character. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Um, Maybe. I, th- that's a pretty generous reading, but all right. right. <laughs> uh, can we also talk about, like, um, this is such a minor thing. Can we talk about her weird shifting, like, frame that Kaede has? Like, like her body? No, no. Wait, like, like, like the frame. picture frame. The picture frame oh. she has on her disc desk oh, okay. that's constantly changing pictures. Okay. This is I'm gonna I, I really hope I'm not gonna be embarrassing myself here. Is that a thing? I yeah, have that's never a thing. seen that. Okay, I have never seen that before, at least around here. Um I assumed it was something that you just stick your uh you stick like an SD card in with some pictures and it would just keep cycling through them for you. Yeah, but it's that's like, pretty much it, yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was so taken aback by this and I didn't if you didn't know what was gonna happen, what that was, I was gonna have a bit more of an extreme reaction there. But now that I know that's actually a thing, I'm just gonna let that go. Yeah, super normal. You can get it at Target. Okay, did not know that. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> okay, so now that I've wasted our time with that, let's talk about the second episode there. Okay. Um, I I guess I didn't. Uh, the the major meat of that episode was the fact that Kaede gave Aoi her coat. Mm-hmm. Uh. This is going to sound silly. I actually did not see that coming. Like, Oh, yeah. I kind of didn't either. <laughs> well, because it's like... Because I didn't really expect that to come back. It's like, were they setting up that last episode just so that they could have Kaede give that to her uh, Aoi this episode? Like, that's... That's weirdly interesting, but maybe not really. Um, Because it's like... It's, a guess, a bit of a subtle passing of the torch, almost? Or yeah. it's kind of more of like a... See, look, this is nice of what you can do with climbing. You can kind of share things with your friends. Right, but also, you know, it's, it doesn't directly make sense because Aoi, or not Aoi, y- Yuka didn't get it for Kaede. She just helped her pick it out, and she never climbed with her. So, like, the relationship is totally different. So it's not like, oh, Yuka once gave this to me, so I'll pass it on to you. Like, that's, 
you know, there's no parallel there. I guess that's fair. Um, I, I guess, yeah, I don't really have a lot more to say about that. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, but like, no, it, but, was, it was okay as, as far as setups go, but it didn't exactly... Right, I mean, I guess it's just kind of weird that they spent... that. On one hand, I thought it was interesting that that entire first episode was basically a stealth um, setting up of this coat. At the same time, it's not really that important of a thing, so right. I'm not entirely sure why that was a stealth build-up. Um, so this is the last thing we can, and then we can wrap up, but, uh, so on episode 16, I wrote down, I don't remember what the context was for this, but I wrote down the quote, Kokona, colon, and then the quote is, you look like you belong in the Highlands. (laughs) Which I remember thinking was funny, but I don't remember who she was talking to or why. She was talking to Kaede, right? Right, so I guess what she's saying is because Kaede is dressed... Because when they meet up with Kaede, she's wearing, I guess, like, more fashionable clothes than what she normally wears. Because she generally just wears, like, tank top, shorts, whatever. I'm assuming, like, the when she says, like, the Highlands, I'm guessing there's sort of, like, a class thing going on there. Where, I guess, like, the Highlands is where the rich live. Oh, yeah, and then were, was that when they were talking about, like, Heidi? That she looked like yeah, maybe Heidi, of, mi- Heidi of the Alps? Or she something? could have been, because I know that was very popular in Japan. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that may have been what she was referring to, but that was kind of an odd quote. But then again, Kokona's kind of an odd character, so... That's true. Well, with that uh, quality analysis past us, <laughs> do you want to wrap it up for the week? Yeah, cool. So... Thanks for joining me, Matt. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. Yeah, next next week we'll actually have a couple episodes um, coming out because we'll be doing the preview for the summer season as well as wrapping up this current season. So look for right. two episodes coming out next week. Yes, that is correct. Uh, and then shortly afterwards, we should be having some review episodes because we've had some series that have ended. Yep. So we'll be reviewing Tiger Mask and Yaopeta after yep. uh, they end next week. Fantastic. Cool. Well, uh. If you wouldn't mind, Matt, would you please hit the credits? Fine. Our logo design is by James Ratcliffe. The theme music is Fly High by Burnout Syndromes, covered and performed by Luke Bartka. You can follow Cast on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and our email is koshiancast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We will be back next week with the best and worst from the world of sports anime, and until then, keep training.